Today's guest is likely to have a cult following within the Olympic lifting community, not to mention anyone else that he has had an impact on in his life so far. I would like to introduce you to a guest in which he has worked alongside me in the same space since February 2019, and we have never had more than a 10-second conversation. So if you take anything away from this conversation, it is if you are working in a facility with all kinds of different humans, take some time, make make a, a pledge to yourself that once, one day, one day out of every month, you're going to dedicate that day to getting to know somebody else and getting to know somebody else that doesn't pay you for anything, getting to know somebody else that there there's no reason for visiting them other than just to visit them because the amount that we stand to grow as human beings from listening and communicating with someone else and understanding their highs and their lows and their triumphs and their struggles and their times when they felt anxious like is priceless there's there's no business coach that provides more value than just opening up your life to a few more people so Without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Kevin Zimmerman. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. All right, so welcome to episode 73 of the Lifestyle Chase. I'm joined by the one and only Kevin Zimmerman. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So... What do people call you the most? Is it Coach Z? Is it what? What's your go-to name or like your your title that you're referred to most of the day? Uh, just Coach, Coach. Nice. Sometimes Coach Z. Yeah. But yeah, Coach is. Uh, yeah, I like being called Coach. Yeah. It's it's an honor. <laughs> it's cool. Like just to to see a person that like identifies as what they do shows just how passionate that they are about it mm-hmm. it's like uh if if a teacher was was mad at going to the grocery store and being called like mr smith or whatever like mm-hmm. like when when you're proud of, of what you do it, it shows it shows why why you're doing what you do it's you're, you're taking pride in it and you find joy in it kind of thing absolutely it's um Having that uh, relationship with an athlete or uh, someone starting out is um, it's teamwork uh, between myself and the athlete, and uh, we're on we're on that journey together, and I'm um, just so happy to be part of that. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's part of their progress, which I uh, which I just really admire, and I, I love to see um, on on any level. Yeah. With the people that I work with. Love it. So I have to give a shout out to Kendra Foots. She actually recommended you as a guest on the oh, podcast. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's cool because like, that's what I like about the community at Evolve. You, like people that you don't know that notice things, notice things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what people notice in me, but I assume that's like, there's certain characteristics and it's the same for anybody like anybody walking around it's like oh well that person tells jokes or oh well that person kind of builds a community around themselves and like for you when I'm observing any of your interactions with your clients it's like well he has a community it's kind of like a little family there like they always check in everybody if somebody brings their dog the dog says hi to everybody Mm -hmm. like it's just it is honestly as if there's like a little house in the corner it's neat yeah yeah and that's what I I, I love about the club is, um, I mean, they've all trained together and they've all been uh, brought up in the same approach to lifting, um, both technically and their mindset towards the sport uh, and, and training. 
and so they all support each other um, in in their their growth in in the sport from many angles so uh, that's important to me too what is the most rewarding non-fitness thing that the club has kind of like done together oh that's a tough question um it's hard to that's hard to say one certain thing that they've done outside of that i I mean we get together um christmas and different things and we don't honestly we don't do enough of that so that's that's a good question um in general it's the sense of community like you say that uh that's important and they and they understand that um people will have great days people will have like really not great days and they'll under they they all understand because they've all gone through that uh and they they understand that they they need to support each other through that or give each other space as they need that or give each other um support as as it's needed too so i guess that's a bigger sense for me that sense of community yeah i like it mm-hmm. and it's cool like social media kind of tells a story sometimes and i've noticed like some posts where like somebody in the club gets married or something and it's like everybody kind of comes together and i think that's so cool mm-hmm. just like how it's like you guys are just ride or die kind of thing like if one person does something everybody's in it mm-hmm. and it's neat yeah yeah and that's an excellent point we've had four weddings this summer it's been a busy, <laughs> busy nice. summer. <laughs> four weddings uh, in the within the within the club, and it's been uh, uh, it's been great to be part of that, and that's an excellent point that people have have shared in that uh, celebration for each each other, which yeah. is, which has been really cool. So, in the last seven days, can you think of a moment that has brought you the most joy or made you the most happy, and what was that moment? Uh. Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think in the last seven days, probably working with a couple of the new lifters that I've been working with uh, and seeing their, uh, their, their progress and their get it moments, uh, a couple of those I, are, are the most rewarding. Um, you have to understand that the sport and the more you're involved in it and, and, and training is, is mm, I call it a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a, a long uh, process to learn to adjust technique, um, become stronger, become more technically efficient, work on mobility, the many components that we have to fit together. Um, but watching new lifters just experience that uh, uh, joy uh, that um uh, that fulfillment when they feel like oh i get it uh the 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 uh the movement now clicks for them and feels efficient and and feels like it like it should those are the, are the the moments through this past week that uh, are really fun for me i like it yeah so if you could think back to the your very first time walking into a gym what was it like? Can, can you recount any like standout memories or anything that uh, just sort of resonated with your first, very first time walking into a gym? Uh, boy, this is, that goes back a long way because I, uh, I started with Olympic lifting in 1972 uh, when I was in, in high school here at, uh, at Emmy Lazert. Uh, and as uh, uh, I was what, 15, I was, uh, uh, I was young, just starting into this, not really knowing what to expect. I'd never picked up a weight before in, in my life. Uh, but being surrounded, I think, with other kids my age uh, and with a, a coach that I, I still know after all these years and still work with after all these years, um, was uh, was welcoming and encouraging and positive, and uh, a, a place to to grow. Um, I think as a, as a young kid is uh, is so important that I I, I recognize the 
importance of that even uh, even today. Uh, how important it is to be welcoming for, for people uh, starting out in the sport that may be anxious or maybe intimidated or just not confident in what they're doing as they're they're learning new skills. So when you meet a new person, what are three things that need to happen? Is like not as part of like a movement assessment or anything like that, but just like interpersonal things that you like to have happen when you're meeting a new person that's that's going to train with you. Uh, well, I, um, first off, I, I, uh, I want, especially pe- as people come into Evolve is a big gym and sometimes it could be noisy and uh, people look around and they think, oh, this is just for serious athletes. And it is. There's a, absolutely, um, there are serious athletes training there. There's a whole range of athletes uh, that, that I coach and that are, that are in the gym. But most importantly, I just want them to feel at ease that we will uh, move slowly at, at their pace and, uh, and at their abilities and we'll work through any issues that they may have as they learn the skills. Um, and also for them to understand that uh, it's not, um, as they learn the skills, it's not about um, setting world records on their first day as they start out. It's about learning technical skills in safe positions and getting confident with that. It's my um, kind of ground that people start with as they, as they start with the sport. And uh, for them to be comfortable with me and uh, understand what I'm working for with them. I think that's um, that's my base always with people. Yeah, I like it's sort of like setting the atmosphere and mm-hmm. helping them feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because so it, it can be it can be an, an intimidating place, and like anyone starting a, a new skill, it's um, uh, people are, are are a little anxious and a, and a little afraid about starting new things. So yeah, um, even if they come from. Uh, a strong background in in other sports this is uh, often very new for people yeah well i mean it's so true like there are like professional level athletes in there and then there is like linda the soccer mom kind of thing there's such mm-hmm. a spectrum mm-hmm. of of people but like from anybody that i've spoken to it's it's almost more motivating to see all that like as much as it's as much as it can be scary to walk in for your first time and see some giant just like lifting up 800 pounds like it's nothing mm-hmm. or seeing somebody doing an olympic lift like it's just their their day job like mm-hmm. because that is a tough skill like i did a little bit of olympic lifting and crossfit but like i don't coach it because i can't professionally do it myself mm-hmm. and like i totally understand like that takes like years to to get yeah. the skills it's it's so neat to see somebody just nail it, mm-hmm. understanding like how much work that they've put into yeah. it, yeah. and having been there during the times when like they miss the lift, or they have to go in the corner and work on like the little things, like the minutia, mm-hmm. and just like spend the whole session working on like a little skill that builds up to the big thing. So you see yeah. somebody just nail it, and they're like celebrating, and mm-hmm. like for me, I'll be working with a client, and the client's like, oh, what was that? I was like, that was that was a special moment. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's take that in. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Two more reps. <laughs> but well, it's it's cool. You're absolutely right, and that's part of my kind of love hate relationship with social media, in that um, people will will focus on on those moments and miss the fact that there's um, hours and hours and hours of time that led up to that point and miss lift and frustrating days and there's a lot of little pieces that go together to that one bit of success and it's easy for people to uh to focus on that and think and um think that's what they should be doing and and, and miss that there's a, a lot of preparation and time that's gone into that moment totally yeah. i think there's a great crossover between like just the understanding that fitness is a long game and mm-hmm. that life is just you have to like go with the ebbs and flows and everything mm-hmm. 
So I want you to think of three moments where fitness has helped you out a lot with the ebbs and flows of life. Hmm. Um, interesting. So uh, absolutely fitness has given me the focus outside of frustrating, difficult times, um, even dark times in in my life that have been uh, that have been challenging. It's given me that uh, that refuge uh, where my focus uh, can be taken away from the troubling, challenging things uh, that I've had to work with. Um, I. Prior to coaching full time and training uh, at the, the level that I am right now, I'd worked with young offenders for close to 35 years, uh, which was um, a rewarding but challenging job. And uh, I can clearly remember one day coming from uh, from coming from that job with uh, an, an extremely challenging day, and thinking. Uh, I just can't even begin to lift today because my head was just, uh, I was too stressed and my head was just too full of so many things going on. Um, but I was, but I thought, well, okay, let's just see what we can do. And um, started training uh, without thinking about where things would go. I just would do, I would get whatever I could out of the workout. And then after about a half an hour, I realized that um, everything that had been in my head was gone because it had to be gone in, um, uh, within that training session. Uh, there's no way, it, I, I, I sometimes call it active meditation um, because you have to be uh, in the moment with your training and have to be uh, actually focused on each, each lift and if there's anything uh, in your mind that interferes with that uh, or kind of blocks what you're trying to do, it just simply won't work and, and everything stalls and slows down um, to the point that you just can't train. So that's a moment that I think of as, uh, as very, very clearly being uh, uh, the benefit of, uh, of training and of sport in allowing me to have that complete focus uh, and to, to switch gears. And, uh, and that's um, something as people train longer that I've, I think they learn how to do um, to be successful athletes. Um, having gone through, uh, I guess, personally, some uh, difficult experiences um, um, within, within my life, uh, I had, uh, at one point, I had uh, two siblings that committed suicide, which was uh, an extremely difficult period in, in my life, uh, and difficult to, uh, to, to deal with, without a doubt, and training was uh, my refuge in that as well, in the same way that I was um, uh, able to uh, to, to find some uh, relief from some of those feelings that I had struggled with uh, through, through that time. That's um, to, to be able to, to have that, uh, that focus was, was, it, was mm, an absolute lifesaver for me. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a good answer. And it's just like it kind of highlights the fact that as trainers coaches as people in the gym who are encouraging others to come back over and over like it's it's more than just like an appearance thing it's more than like a skill thing it's sort of like a life resiliency thing like giving people something that sort of like buckles them up for the crazy thing that is life because mm -hmm. like more often than not like the people who are set up with the most like inconvenient circumstances like a person that that gets diagnosed with cancer or something they don't go and put their name on the list and say i would like to be diagnosed with cancer no it's just like it just hits them like Absolutely. it's yeah 
is nobody ever plans for things like that. Nobody plans to lose a loved one. Like so many people have lost someone due to death by suicide. Mm -hmm. Like I could probably name everybody I know has lost someone from that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, we never want that to happen. And it's just, it's one of those things where you have to continue to see the best in life. And sometimes when you have something like fitness where you can just like zone in and you have to be all in on that one thing or else it's not going to happen and you want it to happen, then that's one of the best gifts that a person can have because it's like if if we always dwell on, on the negative in life then it's going to be pretty tough to have a, a positive life and if if we don't have the tools in which to switch gears then we're kind of like swimming upstream absolutely yeah 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 it's uh so important to have um to have those goals and to have uh that focus uh and and with many of the people that i've worked with it's uh uh it's amazing to watch them learn through sport to deal with adversity the sport can be absolutely can be humbling um uh, and, and teaches you life lessons through through training that uh, that are really important that you have to you have to experience to to learn from and um it's uh, not only the physical training that uh, that people learn from; it's the mental skills that are so important to uh, um, from the sport, which which I I, I really appreciate, and uh, and I, I love to watch people learn those skills and learn to deal with those little frustrations and become mentally stronger through that. Yeah. That whole like get knocked down, get back up, get knocked down, get back up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's the the analogy is so clear in the gym when you hear weights smash and then you hear somebody yell and it's like you just got knocked down, now get back up kind yeah. of thing. Like it's when it's making noise, then you're like, Oh yeah, I can see the association how somebody could like get through like exam week or get through a bad relationship they got knocked down they get back up they learn the skills they learn some self-awareness they realize what they're all about and they get back up yeah so i'm gonna try a new little question thing i was thinking about this as you were on your way here because like you're wise you have some years on me right now i'm 27 so i want you to think about what life was like for you when you were 27 what was what was going on in your life? What kind of job were you doing at that time? What were your most important things in comparison to what life is like now? Boy, that's uh, that goes back a long way. <laughs> uh, that age, I would have been. Uh, well, let's see. I had uh, I had I had a daughter at that. At that age, my family was uh, was young and growing. I have a daughter and, and a son, uh, so yeah, it was. Oh, boy, at that that age, uh, yeah, my my focus was was really on family. I mean, it still is, but a, a very young family, and and watching them develop and and grow. Uh, I think would have been, and just really kind of getting stable at that that age, um, as a as a family and as I guess really as a, still a relatively young man and, um, I guess now the perspective of years and 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 age, um, at that age you you still thought you had all the answers and don't know that you don't <laughs> i guess uh, the older you get the more you realize how much you don't know yeah yeah so if you had to give that version of yourself like four pieces of pieces of advice what pieces of advice would they be uh one be patient um two learn what really matters um honestly there's so much uh of what we uh, get excited about or become upset with or frustrated with that um, 
in a week or in a, in a month or certainly in a year won't matter. Um, so just learning to be patient and go with things and allow yourself to learn um, and focus, I, I guess the third is to focus on what you can control. Um, that's the biggest thing I think for people to learn to uh, give up is um, the things uh, around you that are totally outside your control that you become uh, upset or frustrated with that really it's uh, your your control is 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 you um, and hopefully through what you do you have some impact impact on those those around you but ultimately you can't can't control any of that other than your you and uh, and what you do in, in your your world um, yeah so that would be that would be three um, I don't know yeah Oh, I'll have to think about my number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's funny because I always like pick these numbers and it's like, I wonder if he has a process to how many numbers he chooses. I'm yeah. just like, it's like reps. It's like, if I'm yeah. off by one, it's, it's all okay. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. So where is your favorite place to go when you need to escape and like reset and just get some clarity? Hmm. Uh, boy, that's a good question. Um, hmm, boy, right now that's time with my grandson because yeah. it's so much fun. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, he, like he's two years old and, um, I, I think, uh, you learn so, so much and, and ha really having the luxury of time now as a grandparent that I never had as a parent. Um, it's just so, uh, so rewarding and just so much fun to watch, uh, to watch little ones grow and how what little sponges they are and just how quickly they learn things and absorb things, and just to see uh, uh, from him just complete um, uh, unbridled joy in some of the things that he experiences and and that's like it it's awesome just to be drawn back to that and which often as uh, adults we we lose that uh, just joy of experiencing things learning new things just just having fun with the things that you do so that's probably my right now uh, um, my 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 refuge yeah is just uh, is just watching joy like just complete joy I like that. And that's like, those are the important things in life. Like some mm -hmm. people are like, oh, I got a new boat. And it's like, well, do you like the boat or do you like how you feel when you're on the boat? Sort yeah. Of thing. yeah. And my next thing that I'm curious about is you talked about your previous job working with young offenders. Mm -hmm. So like, where were you like a peace officer or a police officer or in a jail or... I worked in a, a young offender center, so a, a residential center, um, and I had a, a number of positions in the center. Uh, probably the biggest period of time that I, uh, in the, the longest kind of position that I had, I was supervising a, a high profile uh, living unit. So I had supervised the youth and the staff on that living unit with, um, with the, the youth that had, would come in with very high profile charges, very serious charges, um, murder charges, or they were uh, youth that had uh, significant mental health issues um, or behavioral challenges. So it was, um, it was a, a challenging group to work with. Uh, that's where I, I did uh, a lot of my work with, uh, with youth while I was there. Uh, various other things. I worked in a recreation department for a number of years as well, providing recreation programs. I supervised the programs area that uh, del actually delivered addictions programs and community transi transition programs and those kind of things as well for a number of years. So um, a variety of things. Always... Uh, uh, always interesting. Every day was different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So when you're working with like the the most like high risk youth in in these kind of scary situations, because like if if you're meeting a young person, they've like taken someone's life. Like that can't be an easy task. I, I can't imagine. Hey, like no, no, it's uh, it's a long uh, process for. Uh, for everyone involved as they move through the the court system to an ultimate re- resolution of what uh, whatever their charges are, and it's um, uh, it's challenging for everyone in, involved in that in that situation to deal with the gravity of uh, of their circumstances, um, and and almost uh, without exception, they've all come from uh, a history of trauma uh, and have uh, their own challenges to, to deal with on that road. So it's uh, um, learning to establish relationships in those situations, establish some trust with uh, people that have not uh, experienced that really with an, with, uh, an adult or particularly someone in uh, a position of authority is takes time, um, and 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 takes takes patience, and really, honestly, is takes the ability to listen um, more than more than anything. I feel like in that course of, of your life and during that career phase, like that that would be a time when you probably had to learn a lot of patience and probably a lot of time that with without a doubt you experienced quite a bit of fear or maybe fear in the form of like self-doubt. And if you could recount on a, on a moment of that, what, what would stand out to you most as far as like fear goes in, in having that job capacity? Cause it's like, it's no easy task. Uh, well, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, again, I think more, uh, developmentally as I moved along uh, personally and learned to to gain more experience um, fear is that's a, a hard one because I don't know uh, there are certainly uh, situations that I would um, that I would be fearful um, maybe anxious is maybe a, a better word um, but learning to, uh, I think that best way learning to deal with that is just learning to trust my instincts and to learn, absolutely to learn to be patient and just wait out situations uh, and, and not overreact or react too quickly. Um, and like I say, being able to, to listen to to people and just the more people are feel like they're listened to the more success that you have with them and dealing with their own challenges and I am um, and I think that's probably the biggest skill that as uh, uh, as I started out with this I had to learn like everyone does yeah I think that's cool because like the, the takeaway because not everybody is going to do that job no. Like very few people have the, the strength and resiliency to do that job, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are going to be in a, a time where they feel anxious. Like anxious is a, a good yeah. way to put it and just feeling like, oh, like <laughs> this is quite a situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, I think I can't move past this, you know, like it's perspective is a pretty powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I found in my life already instances where I thought oh this situation I can't get past this situation and Mm -hmm. it's like like you said like listening to your intuition and sort of like waiting it out and being patient and I think communication is incredible Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes people especially people my age forget to communicate Mm -hmm. the number of times people are just like oh I sent a text we're good well a text a text is great but a text doesn't, you're not exchanging energy or whatever people want to refer yeah. to yeah. it. Like time spent in the same room mm-hmm. is pretty valuable. Like yeah, that's absolutely. that's the magical thing about community in a gym. Mm-hmm. 
and social media too like we kind of alluded to that just in in how it shows like the highlight reel but like how often like how often do we have times like this like i've been at evolve since february and we've never even talked like and that's mostly that's mostly on me i'm pretty quiet but it's like it's it's important to take time to like stop and smell the roses you know like I think I, I like that I have this podcast because it gives me that excuse to be like, oh, hey, you, do you want to talk to me for an hour? And it's yeah. like, they kind of, they're stuck, their hands are tied. It's like, they can't back out because it's a podcast, yeah. you know? That's true. <laughs> That's true. And it's, uh, uh, it, it's great for me to, uh, to learn, learn more about you and, and get this, this time together. Uh, and you're right, like the gym can be a busy place and having a few minutes just to learn a little bit more about each other is uh, is great because honestly everyone has a story and understanding what what's important to them and what their goals are and what's uh, uh, why they're doing what they're doing and uh, what motivates them and all that is is like is really interesting and it's a, a great opportunity to learn and, and have you think a little bit more about um, uh, why you do what you do exactly and like i've found i'm sure you've witnessed it much much more but even in my career so far it's just like yeah the turnaround is very high in the fitness industry you see somebody they go and they whatever certification they do the likelihood of getting burnt out is equal Mm -hmm. and there's a good chance that some people jump in and they're thinking money and lifestyle they're like oh well you know like if, if I can charge this much and if I can make my own hours, this sounds great. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if, if that's why, then that's probably not going to work out. They're going to chase something else where they make their own hours and they yes. make whatever money that they want. Yeah. But then you get the people that are like, no, I have like a burning desire to make people's lives better. And it's like at all costs, like come hell or high water, I'm just going to make people's lives better. And then that's, it's cool to get to meet those, those kind of personalities. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, wow, like, this person really wants to be here and like you can you can tell in how they talk you can tell in the little things that they do for their clients like the little things like like a greeting on on a big day for them or just how they jump up and down and that person finally nails a skill kind of Mm -hmm. thing like there you can see the joy in a coach or trainer's eyes as their client has that light bulb moment and Mm -hmm. it's it's neat because it doesn't matter what kind of style of training like we have Michael Dietrich in Evolve and I think one of his best qualities is the ability to empower people to adventure and enjoy the little things like he a lot of people would not be climbing a mountain if it wasn't for him which is cool because it kind of like for I don't think he, well, I know that he didn't plan to become Mountain Mike. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like snuck up on him yeah. and just <laughs> right. needed an escape. And then all of a sudden it built and it built and it built and it built. Yeah. And I think it's probably similar for a lot of people. It's just, they they were authentic to who they were. They listened to their intuition. They went through life's ebbs and flows. Like, like nobody has it easy per se. Mm-hmm. Like even the people like, the, the people who are just completely killing it in the industry and they they have no trouble getting clients or anything, they didn't get that handed to them per se. It's like they, they had obstacles. Yeah. They had things to overcome. They had to put in the time. They had really, really quiet days. And just to kind of add perspective to that, because we were kind of bantering about the quiet days, what, say you had a day and at the start of the day, you might have had like six hours of work. And two hours into the day, you have one hour of work. What would you do to change that day around? What would your priorities be in in how you spend your time? Oh, with those, well, yeah, if, if when I have those days, that usually means that allows me time to catch up on some of the video reviews that I do for people that I distance coach. Uh, so that's what I work around um, my time in the in the gym. So to catch up on that and, and programming and to get ahead of that. Right now, um, there are in my training group in the club. There's about forty five athletes. So it's a lot of um, uh, 
a lot of time programming and uh, uh, and working out um, working out their training, and I. I also have a, a number of athletes that I that I distance coach from um, all over. I have one in Australia, uh, one in Scotland right now, uh, a number uh, around Alberta that uh, send me videos. So it allows me the time to really spend the time to break down their videos and give them good feedback on uh, on their on their training. So when you're giving feedback on videos, what's been like the cue that is like the most successful because like I know it's a lot easier to like poke a person or like act it out but if you're not face to face like mm -hmm. sometimes like a certain like communication suddenly resonates with the person what, what's yours you're right that's an absolute challenge like being able to uh, train someone in, in person and uh, make little adjustments and sometimes it's just a matter of an, an inch or so in positioning to put people exactly where you want them is really tough to do uh, through through video. The great thing, I mean, when I grew up training, this didn't even exist uh, on on any level. Uh, so the the most helpful thing is to be able to do screenshots and and to isolate positions that I that I want for people uh, and to be able to send them to be able to send them videos of the positions that I want maybe if it's uh, another lifter or someone that I that I work with is helpful for them but to be able to to break down um, uh, individual uh, positions and, and to do screenshots is probably the most most helpful so they can they can see exactly where they're in or, or out of position through uh, through a left. I like that. And that's that's an important takeaway because in the industry that we're in now, like, I don't know about your Facebook feed, but mine is packed full of like, oh, well, I'm going to help this trainer get to six figures in mm -hmm. four months. Mm -hmm. And I've done it with Jimmy, Timmy, Billy, and Sue, so I can do it with you too. And yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Come on, man! Like, yeah. where where is your where is your experience as a trainer? Like, going through the ebbs and flows. Like I, I my focus is less on that six figure income, and my focus is more on like the relationships with the people. Like, I want my clients to be happy. Yeah, and like sometimes it just gets overcomplicated. It's like, well, here is a new process to work with the people. It's a really complicated app, and you can like swivel the stick figure like I don't know I'm just making that up but it's mm -hmm. just like why overcomplicate something that could be so simple like just yeah like if if you have what they're doing on video you could totally screenshot that and you can like put notes on or you yeah. can get one of your in-house athletes to just you could be like okay I you see that what they're doing if you have a couple moments I need you to demo what I need yeah. them to do and it's yeah. it's neat it's like the whole idea of if you want to do something don't overthink it. You don't have to do it like anybody else does it. But if, if you have a reason for everything that you do, mm -hmm. then great. Yeah. Because the guys see, I like how everybody has a different style. It's neat. But the most important thing about everybody, every trainer, every coach having a different style to their training is if, if they were asked why they do what they do and they can articulate it, then that's the most important thing. Because like, I'll do like an ab wheel rollout and I'll do that with a med ball. And every so often over the corner of my eye, I can see something like, why is that dude using a med ball for that? And I'm like, I can explain why. Like, yeah. it's because I'm better at getting a person to squeeze the med ball to get their hamstrings and abs than I am at saying, uh, squeeze your hamstrings and abs, yes. you know? Yeah. And so like that, that's my form of communication. And I know damn well that somebody elsewhere could be like, well i have this very good cue where you're going to be able to keep your core brace and not extend through your back with this ab wheel and if that's if that's their wheelhouse perfect mm -hmm. but it's it's neat because then if if a person truly believes in themselves in any career in any industry that's that's all that matters right and like yeah. the the outside noise that's that's null and void because everybody's always going to have outside noise yeah. Like I'd imagine over any job that you've had, there's been outside noise. Absolutely, yeah. What's the most discouraging 
situation you've ever been in regards to that? Uh, boy. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I guess just generally in jobs prior to this is, is people, like you say, um, uh, doing something without a good, without an actual reason for it. Or um, even in uh, having a, a policy and being stuck with a policy that doesn't make sense, but it's a policy, so that's what we do. And not having the flexibility to be able to discuss, um, you know, why we're doing what we're we're doing, so we're actually working towards a goal. So being tied to something that maybe made sense at one point but doesn't now is for me that would be. That's one of the most frustrating things. Yeah. And it just goes back to like how beneficial like communication is, whether it be like just in a business structure. Like that's the wonderful thing about Evolve is like it's it's a growing business as itself. Mm-hmm. So the door is always open for us to be like, oh, you know, like the gym would feel better if we did this. Like I I don't know whose idea it was to decorate, but I like that. That was a good idea. So now we have like a very seasonal atmosphere at yeah. Evolve. Yeah. But it's just like little things like that, they're they're open to feedback. And then with us and anybody that we work with, I'm sure like if our clients were like, Oh, you know, I'd like to do a little bit more of this, then we can be open to feedback. But if if we were like, Oh no, this is how I do it, this is just how I've always done it, I'm never gonna change, well then that's gonna be discouraging for anybody mm-hmm. and to have experienced that that's kind of like gives us those those skills yeah which is cool we grow through what we go through yeah yeah and being in a smaller organization like evolve is it's it's easier to have that impact if it's a larger uh, fitness chain i'm sure that would be much more difficult for sure to make yeah. to make any of those changes yeah the, the neat thing, like, because I know that Evolve will, will grow pretty quickly in the next few years, but just the structure of it being sort of like a community within a community, like, mm-hmm. there's the, the chain of Evolves, but within each chain, you'll kind of still feel like you kind of have, it's like a, a mothership, it's home, everybody's doing their thing. Yeah. Because, like, you... You coach clients out of multiple locations, right? Or is it just Evolve South? Are you at Evolve North too? Uh, I'm really pretty much uh, at at South. Okay. Um, I have coached rarely at North, but um, I'm just I just have way too many uh, people I'm coaching at South to to really effectively be be elsewhere. Yeah. So I guess you might have a couple examples. But if, if you can think of the few times that you've gone to North, have you noticed, like, not in a bad way, but just a different community feel? Like, it's kind of like going from one small town to another small town, but they all have nice people, but it you can tell you're in a different small town. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, and I do appreciate those times uh, when I'm able to go to Evolve North or I've, I've gone to, to uh, Sunridge in Calgary um, and it's uh, I, I appreciate those times because I'll always come away from there learning something different from people there and just being able to train or coach in a different environment um, challenge will challenge me in some small ways and get me out of my little comfort zone, which is good. And I think it's really good for athletes to do that too, um, especially for the majority of my athletes that will compete uh, at uh, at some point. Uh, I like to get people out of their little comfort zone and athletes that only train on one platform with one bar uh, don't adapt well to situations outside that. And uh, when you go to a competition, you you don't choose where you're going to compete or where the competition platform is or maybe even like which warm-up platform you're going to be on so being forced to step outside of that once in a while is good for you and to train with different people you learn from yeah i like that what in competition has been the most bizarre pre-competition ritual you've ever 
encountered and not not to like belittle it but just like you know something unique uh boy uh a lot of people will have their uh post weigh-in meal that they will have that will be like okay that's 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 different. It's, like, it's uh, the sausage McMuffin or whatever it is that uh, they, they pick up from McDonald's or Subway or they always have that after they weigh in. That's like, okay, it wouldn't be my choice, but that works for you and you feel uh, that gives you that routine and it doesn't upset your system or anything and that works and yeah, go for it. Yeah. But some of the, those things I'm like, well, okay, I have, uh, you know, this is the... the how I, I intake after I weigh in. Some of those things are, are just kind of are just kind of funny to me, and they become um, just kind of a, a thing for the the people that um, uh, that I I coach. That, yeah. Uh, I just come I just come to expect. Totally. Well, um, it's it's funny because it's just like people will put in so much time towards that main event, mm-hmm. and then they take a step back, and you can see like that this is what brings them joy it's just like the little habit it's like now now they're happy now they're ready to show up big and it's like there's there's no sense we we can't jump at them and be like you know you could make a a much much better more nutritious choice you know yeah like because then they're not going to feel as comfortable and ready for this big moment like yeah at the end of the day it's like nobody nobody's going to find as much happiness in that event as they do in the fact that they made it to the event and they're moving that weight like a person could go there and they could win and a person could go there and it's it's irrelevant in the place and like certainly a person will feel very very accomplished in winning Mm -hmm. but a person will also feel very very accomplished in the fact that they put in all this work and they made it and they're okay and they have that ability to go back and do it again next time sort of thing yeah. so yeah. I like that like I, I have one client his thing is he just likes to crush some candy and he's like is this gonna is this gonna help me uh, lift more and I'm like eh. yeah. it's like do you feel better and he's like yep was, that's all you need yeah. I was like if you felt worse I'd say no yeah. but if you feel better great because yeah. I'm just here for you to be happy while you get progressively stronger and don't get injured Mm-hmm. that's what I'm here for yeah. it's like if candy helps great but just know it comes with calories so if you have some physique goals you have to understand that yeah. Yeah. and it's just like you gotta appreciate the little things in life mm-hmm. and with that we segue to dogs because I know you're a fan of dogs yeah <laughs> what what are your four favorite things about dogs uh, uh, I, I think while they're um their complete uh, loyalty um, in a in a good way. When you you can come home from whatever kind of day you've had, uh, and and they're at the door, just happy to see you, happy that you're home, and uh, so you they um, uh, they they just have that that complete affection uh, for you and. Um, but they have their own personality and they're they can be mischievous they can be frustrating at times too uh, but they they have their own they all have their own personalities and many dogs i've had over the years um have all um have all taught me some things too they've all taught me uh some patience they've all they've all they've taught me just to have fun um and and Really, yeah, the, that um, their unique personalities are uh, are always um, I always le- learn little things from, and um, and that just the the companionship that they provide for people, the things that um, that they know, uh, even beyond what we do. We had I had one of our dogs was a, a Sheltie that my wife had taken to. Um, school with her she was a, a teacher and there was a, a girl in the class that had seizures and um, <clears throat> this Sheltie would stick with her uh, had never been trained to keep an eye on seizures or had never 
had any training with any of that, but she knew that this girl uh, had had issues and watched her the entire time. And when she was about to have a seizure, she knew that it was going to happen. Like m amazing that she could do that without, without any training um, at, at all and was able to be a support for that person. And so, um, yeah, dogs really kind of fill that role in so many ways that we don't even appreciate, I think, sometimes. I agree. I have this, like, running theory that I bring up every so often. It's like, I believe that the presence of dogs can contribute towards a personal best in a lift. Would mm -hmm. you agree? Uh, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Pet therapy dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, like, I talked to about it, I talked about it with uh, Dean Somerset when I had him on the podcast, and I've, like, talked about it with a few other trainers, and, like, one day my long-term goal is to get like a funded study in which research can be conducted to prove this theory correct and it'll just be like people people will be like blindfolded and it'll be like a random selection like five lifts or something and maybe on the third they'll put a dog in there you yeah. won't know and they'll just see if you lift more and yeah. it's like because i i think dogs are they're something else like to to see a dog walk into the gym and it's just like that dog's face just lights up and it's like I was telling one of my clients the other day I was like you know like I'm, I'm not going to like take away from my client's time to run over and pet the dog but if that dog walks up to me I'm gonna pet that yeah, dog yeah fair game <laughs> yeah like yeah. and it's just it's cool like the the amount that it makes fitness less scary mm -hmm. for a lot of people there's a lot of people get their start in the gym and they battle like anxiety mm -hmm. They battle a lot of self-consciousness and their biggest support is their dog. Yeah. And sometimes that dog is essentially like holding their hand mm -hmm. and it's, it's coming in when they need it the most. Yeah. And if, if I have a client that feels more brave to come into the gym cause they can bring their dog, like mm -hmm. that's incredible Yeah. because otherwise it could take years for them to like look after themselves more like sometimes it's just a matter of like life expectancy like sometimes like a, uh, like a positive habit for yourself can completely turn things around like mentally and physically yeah. so if dogs can be a catalyst perfect absolutely yeah yeah so my next question and i think this is an important one because i know that this is an important person to you what are your five things that you admire about your life oh boy uh um, so many things. I, I think just our her commitment to me and, and mine to her for uh, for what it's like thirty eight years now. It's been uh, um, her uh, commitment to me and faith in in me to. Uh, be who I am, uh, to allow me uh, to do what what I do, um, is 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 really important. And I, and I know um, there are sacrifices that she has uh, had to make and makes every day um, for me to do what I do. And I appreciate that understanding uh, that what's in, in for her to be able to support me to do for me to do what's important um to me as a, as a coach and I, I completely understand how much time that takes away uh from her and, and time that we could be together but i think for her uh to be able to support me in in that uh and understand that that's fulfilling for me is so so important um so that's, uh, and her, her patience in, in that I, I appreciate because I, I know that that's, uh, that's challenging for her in the amount of time that that takes away from our, our time together. Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. Those are good. And uh, one of our colleagues that evolved, Josh Nill, just recently got married. Oh, so yeah. if you could give advice to somebody like him, not necessarily him, because he's pretty wise, he doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. need advice, but mm -hmm. like if somebody just 
got started in that phase of their life, what would be your three pieces of advice for them? Uh, uh, number, number one, again, just really being able to listen to your partner and, and understand what they, what they, uh, what they want, uh, what, what they need to be fulfilled and to, f- so through that, I guess, to find balance in your relationship, to allow each other to do what's important to them so that they're happy and fulfilled and they bring more uh, to their your relationship t- together. Um, so being able to really take the time, which I know is, is challenging for people. Uh, we seem to be rushed so often uh, and to really have the patience to actively listen uh, to each other, to actively listen. Um, because I, I, that's my biggest frustration with um, in dealing with people is you when you know you're really not being listened to, they're just people are just formulating their response be- without even really listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I, I try to bring that to my in my relationship with other people and, and especially with with my wife is to uh, is to actively listen to what their concerns are. That's I'm awesome. not sure if that's three, but that's it's exciting. good enough. <laughs> it's just like the rep thing as seemed close. <laughs> so I have a question that I ask all of my guests, and it's if you could give one piece of advice on how to authentically live your life to the fullest, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, boy, I, I, I guess really to be true to you, to be true to what your values are to really um, to live life with purpose I think and to uh, have passion for what it is that you do um, which is um, right now um, I, I'm, I'm passionate about uh, coaching and watching people improve at what they do um, and so from that point of view, just living your life with purpose and not going through your days um, without that direction, I, I guess is really would be, uh, yeah, that would be my biggest thing. I like that. That's good. So that wraps it up. I'd like to thank you for joining me for well, this you. wonderful episode. <laughs> thank you. And we'll see you around the gym. Absolutely. It's been great. It's been fun. Thank you. All right, everybody, I want to let you know something really exciting, really cool. So this might not be the case anymore, but last night when I checked the iTunes charts, I was rated the 23rd best fitness podcast in Canada. And with the rankings, it goes up, down, up, down, up, down. Like today, I might be like the 120th, but it's it's an accomplishment and it's something that I'm really proud of. And the only way that I get there is with support from my listeners. I know that a rating always bumps it up. I remember one time I was like four months into the lifestyle chase. It was something like last November and somebody went out of their way to rate the lifestyle chase one star out of five. And so then my overall rating was like 3.7. And I, I put out a thing on my Facebook and I was like, you know, somebody actually rated me one out of five and it actually agitated so many people that that was probably when I received the most ratings ever. And I know a lot of my former guests will always uh, pay a little visit to the old iTunes and give me a five and I definitely appreciate that. I have a review from Carrie Dahl. She left me one. I have a review from Jamie. She was a podcast guest. And it's just, it's really neat. It's special. Because it's not like, when you go and you rate me, it's not like somebody gives me money. And it's not like I get a trophy. It's honestly like giving me a pat on the back. So, I mean, if, if you're into that kind of thing, if, if you think that this podcast deserves a pat on the back, that would make me feel extra special and if if you're in in the in the business of making chris little feel extra special i'd really appreciate it 
Another thing that I'd like to mention, I know I'm yammering this time, is like, will he ever shut up? Well, not today. Anyways, um, I have a link in my bio on Instagram right now where it takes you towards the uh, Yeg Fitness Awards. Now, from the get-go, I want to say one thing. Kevin Zimmerman has hands down worked with more people than probably a lot of trainers that I've met. He's been in the industry for a long time. He's been a big part of an Olympic weightlifting club, so he's going to see a higher volume of people. If he has impacted you, I would like you to go to that link in my bio and vote for him. You can alternatively find it on the yegfitness.ca website. And that's just a little gesture to, to show that he has had an impact on you. Um, naturally, if you're one of my clients or if you're listening to the podcast for me, I also appreciate votes. I am looking at uh, putting my name in the hat for community supporter because my involvement with a lot of the different people in the city of Edmonton, as well as the community outside of Edmonton. So that is all I have for you. Thanks for your support. Thanks for getting me up in the rankings. And thank you for listening. Have a good day. Go pet a dog.